listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the middle of the state of Oklahoma, from the middle of the country, where I am not thinking as clearly as I probably should be. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where Winter Storm Elliot is named and bearing down on us. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Bro, it has a name? I didn't know it had a name. I had the Weather Channel on. I didn't even hear the name. My home insurance company just sent me an email warning that Winter Storm Elliot is in your area. We want you to know that we're here for you. Do I have Elliot coverage? It was like, oh, that was an extra... That was an extra coverage that you didn't elect for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No Elliot coverage for you, sir. Just wanted to let you know, Elliot's on its way, and you didn't get winter insurance, so yeah. good luck. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's getting cold. It is. It is getting cold. Uh, the whole country is covered in snow. Right now, yep. Seattle, covered in snow. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be in the 20s and 30s, but by the day after... It's supposed to be negative 10 with a wind chill of negative 20. Yeah, I saw not quite that low of temperature, but the I saw the wind chill prediction of like negative 25. Yeah. And so that's the thing. I remember that as a kid. Like, I don't remember a negative 25, but I remember a negative 25 wind chill. And if you've been out in this Oklahoma wind, you know that. Yeah, the, 40 miles an hour wind when it's zero degrees, it's. That's cold. It's really cold. Really, really, really cold. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, my, yeah. my youngest, I don't know why it uh, the cold makes it so she doesn't want to walk, but, like, we get to the front door in the morning to take her out to the van, and she just, like, looks up at me like, it's cold. It's cold. It just, like, lifts her arms up to be carried out to the van. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will not, I'm not walking in this. I will not be walking in this at all. My daughter, uh, she likes, you know, she's only two. She likes to wander out. And 
Sometimes she wanders into the backyard, the door not as secure as I'd like it, but the yard's fenced, so she likes to wander back there sometimes and uh, play in her sandbox and whatnot, but I, if I see her get headed that direction, I try and get coat and shoes on her, but every now and then she makes it out with no shoes and then immediately turns back up and looks at me with really big eyes. I'm like, she's <laughs> like, yeah, buddy, it's, it's cold out there. Don't go out there. Yeah, it's not not supposed to be going out there without talking to me. And uh, you definitely need shoes. If we're going to be going out there. So not August anymore. No, it's not, certainly not peak grounding season. Certainly not peak <laughs> grounding season. Well, uh, seems like every week we have to say we barely did a show this week, but we uh, especially have to say that this time. I am going to go see family in Seattle, so I'm going to be getting out of here post haste tomorrow on a flight to seattle should we make it out before the freeze moves in and uh spend the holiday through the new year up there which will be super awesome but uh, as we talked about in the last show i was sick and then i got sick again which doesn't make any sense and if the listeners are listening they're like this is insane like what are we talking about here and if they're anything like me they're like this is insane why are you still sick how could this possibly happen and I think it was, uh, it's actually yesterday morning, which is a, a really long time, like a, well over a week of me just ignoring it, being like, ah, everything's fine. I'll get better. Everything's fine. No big deal. Uh, my wife came and she was sat on the bed and she said, I think, I think you might need to see a doctor. I think you may have pneumonia. And I thought, you know, I think, I think that's probably right. So I, uh, went and saw of a doctor who i know very very well and they said to me you are an idiot (laughs) why didn't you come to me sooner and uh you have pneumonia they listened to my lungs and said one of my i don't want to say ventricles or whatever i don't remember the term they use but it says uh that one all of them sound bad but one of them sounds especially bad so Hmm. i have good old fluid in my lungs so uh That is why we barely almost did a show, and I've been feeling sicker than ever uh, the last week or so. Um, Pardon me, I had to cough there. Uh, I will say this, I'm actually in a good mood. I'm excited to get out of here and go see family. I am not contagious because the bacterial infection of of pneumonia, technically it's possible there's still some sort of thing, something in there that can spread. I don't know. I'm going off mainstream stuff. I don't know how this fits in terrain theory. And to be honest with you, for this show, I give zero cares. I don't care. I can't figure it out. I've gone all allopathic. I'm on steroids. I'm on the Z. <laughs> I'm on the steroids. I'm on the Z pack. I just want to be better for Christmas. Period. The end. Tons of vitamin C. Tons of D3. Steroids. Z pack. And I just want to be better for Christmas. So uh, antibiotics is. Uh, I'm sure there's something wrong with them. They're the reason for parasites and the mark of the beast. But I'm taking them because I don't want to be sick anymore. So that's what's happening over here. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I I hope that is a, a daunting trip, the Oklahoma to Seattle trip, and I hope it goes as smoothly as possible tomorrow absolutely me too and i am excited to feel better like i said it was almost a relief to figure out like because you're just sick for like weeks it's like how is this happening why is this like this somehow i developed liquid in my lungs so 
Yeah. It's a good time. Well, we'll find out if, if Terry's still listening, if, if he says, Tim, you need that MSM. Yeah. I, I tried to find some today and at the store I was at, I couldn't find it. But uh, I, th- I have a feeling once I get to Seattle, I'll, the world of supplements will be a little bit broader. Yeah, I thought I just got it at like Sprouts, but oh, Sprouts, it's a good spot. Okay, I yeah. should check that out. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Anything at this point, I am uh, willing and on board. Like you know, if you would have told me a week or two ago, like you're going to take antibiotics and steroids, and I'd be like, oh, that's what the allopathic people want, and there's got to <laughs> be a better way. And after uh, sleepless nights, waking up coughing, uh, yeah, I just like to be better for my family yeah. and for Christmas. So if you're out there, say a prayer for me to be better for, and for my family to be better and in the Hoffman family to be better uh, and for us to have safe travels. But everybody over there, I heard one may have taken a turn for the worse, but not well, really. Well, her school called us, and, but she by the end of the day, she hung in there and she seemed to be fine. So hopefully, you know, hopefully she's not getting sick again. Okay. So. Okay, good. I, I got an email. I think I should bring this up like right now. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, that was a funny email. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, it's from our, our good friend Gretchen, who sent the big uh, donation last week. And she said, hey, guys, not fun hearing you and your families going through such rounds of sickness, but I think so many people are valuing hearing your health journeys and going through similar things. Well, I hope that's true because, oh my gosh, if there's somebody getting some sort of benefit out of this, praise the Lord, because this has been an extremely strange time. I, I remember, I remember, I thought about that this week. I remember in 2020 being like, I shake people's hands every day. I never get sick. I don't know what's, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. now it's like for the last month, I haven't felt good for a stretch longer than in five days. It's just, yeah. I don't know what the heck happened, but uh, apparently I developed pneumonia somewhere along the way, so that could be part of it. But Yeah, uh, that'll make I'm, you not feel good, that's I'm, for sure. I'm glad that uh, us sharing it may get value to others, and praise the Lord for that, and uh, thank you for your support. Yeah. It's good to hear from Gretchen, Absolutely. and we got got some other good emails too. And so, I saw this story, and I was ready to throw it into my uh, my just kind of reflexive. If Tucker Carlson is talking about it, that's because it's okay to talk about it now, and it doesn't matter. And that is the JFK assassination. Right. Which is very old hat to anyone who considers any alternative information whatsoever. Like, there's, it's like mainstream journalists and politicians, and that's pretty much the only people who even pretend to believe the official story of JFK anymore. I mean, it just, and people too young to have, too young to care and look into it, I guess. So. I was kind of like, well, okay, oh, Tucker did a JFK story. But RFK Jr. tweeted out, he said, this is the most courageous segment ever that's been done on television. So I'm like, all right, I'll, 
I'll watch it again and I will clip it for the show. So I clipped it for the show. So uh, lots of people out there have probably seen it all or heard it already, but lots of people probably haven't. So uh, let's go ahead and play it. And then that leads into some other stuff here. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. So not long after Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald on camera in the basement of Dallas police headquarters, a lot of Americans started to have some questions about the Kennedy assassination. It was, you'd have to admit, a pretty extraordinary sequence of events. A lone gunman murders the president of the United States, and then, less than 48 hours later, that lone gunman is himself murdered by another lone gunman. What are the odds of that? It's one thing if you get struck by lightning, rare but possible. But if every member of your family also gets struck by lightning all on different days, you might begin to suspect these are not entirely natural events. But oh, replied the US government, they are. This bizarre chain of killings was all entirely natural. So less than a year after the JFK assassination, the Johnson White House released something called the Warren Commission Report. And the report concluded that while their motives remained unclear, Both Lee Oswald and Jack Ruby had acted alone. No one helped them. There was no conspiracy of any kind. Case closed. Time to move on. And many many Americans did move on. At the time, they had no idea how shoddy and corrupt the Warren Commission was. It would be nearly 50 years before the CIA admitted under duress that, in fact, it had withheld information from investigators about its relationship with Lee Harvey Oswald. But even then, at the time, before that was known... The government's explanation didn't seem entirely plausible, and some people started asking obvious questions about it. It was at that point, as Americans started to doubt the official story, that the term conspiracy theory entered our lexicon. As Professor Lance DeHaven-Smith points out in his book on the subject, the term conspiracy theory did not exist as a phrase in everyday American conversation before 1964. In 1964, the year the Warren Commission issued its report, the New York Times published five stories in which conspiracy theory appeared. Now today, of course, the term conspiracy theory appears in pretty much every New York Times story about American politics. It's wielded, now as then, as a weapon against anyone who asks questions the government doesn't feel like answering. But despite 60 years of name-calling, those questions have not disappeared. In fact, they have multiplied with time. And here's one of them. In April of 1964, a psychiatrist called Louis Joylin West visited Jack Ruby in his isolation cell in a Dallas jail. According to West's written assessment, he found that Jack Ruby was, quote, technically insane and in need of immediate psychiatric hospitalization. Those are conclusions that, puzzlingly, no one who had spoken to Jack Ruby previously had reached. Ruby had seemed perfectly sane to the people who knew him. Louis Joylin West pronounced him crazy. But what what West did not say was that he was working for the CIA at the time. Louis Joylin West was a contract psychiatrist for the spy agency. He was also an expert on mind control and a prominent player in the now infamous MKUltra program in which the CIA gave powerful psychiatric drugs to Americans without their knowledge. So of all the psychiatrists in the world, what in the world was this guy doing in Jack Ruby's prison cell? The media did not seem interested in finding out. In fact, the New York Times, in an extensive 1999 obituary of West, never mentioned the fact that he had worked for the CIA, much less his time in Jack Ruby's cell, which seems relevant. So you can see why non-crazy people would wonder about what really happened. And of course, many have wondered. In 1976, 
long forgotten, the House of Representatives impaneled a special committee to reinvestigate the JFK assassination. Their bipartisan conclusion? Jack Kennedy was almost certainly murdered as the result of a conspiracy. But the question is, a conspiracy by whom? Well, the obvious suspect would be the CIA. Why else would the agency withhold critical evidence from investigators? Is there a benign explanation for that, for maintaining this level of secrecy for this many years? Not that we're aware of. And it is illegal. In 1992, Congress passed the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act. And that act mandated full disclosure of all documents by 2017, 54 years after JFK was killed. The last administration promised to comply fully with that law, but under intense pressure from CIA Director Mike Pompeo, withheld in the end thousands of pages of CIA documents. Today, this afternoon, the Biden administration did exactly the same thing. That would be thousands of pages of documents after nearly 60 years, after the death of every single person involved. But we still can't see them. Clearly, it's not to protect any person. They're all dead. It's to protect an institution. But why? Well, today we decided to find out. We spoke to someone who had access to these still-hidden CIA documents, a person who was deeply familiar with what they contain. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim. Quote, the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. It's hard to imagine a more jarring response than that. Again, this is not a, quote, conspiracy theorist that we spoke to. Not even close. This is someone with direct knowledge of the information that once again is being withheld from the American public. And the answer we received was unequivocal. Yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination of the president. Now, some people will not be surprised to hear that. They suspected it all along. But no matter how you feel about it or what you thought about the Kennedy assassination, pause to consider what this means. It means that within the U.S. government, there are forces wholly beyond democratic control. These forces are more powerful than the elected officials that supposedly oversee them. These forces can affect election outcomes. They can even hide their complicity in the murder of an American president. In other words, they can do pretty much anything they want. They constitute a government within a government, mocking by their very existence the idea of democracy. As cynical as we have become after 30 years of watching government officials ignore the voters who employ them, we were shocked to learn this. It's not acceptable. Americans have trusted their government less with every passing year since the killing of John F. Kennedy. Maybe this is why. And people have known this for a long time. The people who knew would include every director of the CIA since November of 1963. And that list would include Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, one of the most sinister and dishonest figures in American life. That list would also include, we are sad to say, our friend Mike Pompeo, who ran the CIA in the last administration. Mike Pompeo knew this. We asked Pompeo to join us tonight, and though he rarely turns down a televised interview, he refused to come. We hope he will reconsider. Subscribe to the Fox News YouTube channel to catch our nightly... Oh, sorry, I didn't know that was on there. So, you know, a pretty good segment. Not real heavy on, like, details and evidence that's out there. You know, there's 
thousands of pages of everything from police reports to eyewitness reports to you know figuring out the physics of what's going on it's it's all <laughs> yeah i mean they, they, there's plenty of information out there if you're interested in learning about the kennedy assassination but uh but the more i thought about it i do think that was important for tucker to do so i think yeah, yeah. i think one of the most overlooked parts of it and let me tell you, I could tell you a lot of things about the Kennedy assassination. Uh, a lot, a lot of things. Uh, I think some of the most interesting are that George W. Bush doesn't remember where he was. And uh, he may or may not have been speaking later that night at a small church just north of Dallas, Texas. Those it was are, like a Lions Club event. But yeah, it, yeah. Well, it wasn't in Dallas, but... It yeah. wasn't in he, Dallas. It was, he it was a small an, he town. He has an north alibi for the actual shooting, but he was in he was in Dallas the day before. So Yes, you're telling me the official story, involved. but he also as an official part of his story doesn't remember where he was. Right. Even though I my mom could tell you in Canada yeah, everybody can tell as you a grade school true. person that she came home from school and her babysitter told her she yeah. knows as a child. George W. Bush, who had flown to Texas, uh, was in the area. Doesn't quite remember where he was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, lots of stuff, lots to talk about there. But the uh, the main thing that came out of that that did you uh, you said George H. W. Bush, right? Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Um, it's yeah. Poppy Bush, man. Poppy Bush to the the profane. Um, One of the things that lasted the longest with us, aside from the possibility that the, as we've discovered in the last, or talked about in the last several weeks, is that the CIA is the original parasite. That's what I put put (laughs) in the show notes for our last show. Um, The word conspiracy theorist dreamed up as this, derogatory term to call what was clearly a conspiracy people calling something what which was he, clearly a conspiracy yeah even, it was even invented if, to to refer to people who questioned the warren commission report basically as a derogatory term even though the official story contains a conspiracy there were people who conspired to shoot the president and people who conspired to then murder well, that person. So no, there were conspiracies. Not originally. Warren Commission was lone gunmen. Yes. So they, it was claiming no conspiracy. The follow-up congressional investigation admitted there was likely a conspiracy. Sure. So the it, you, know. if you can't look at that and see that there was a conspiracy, even by the official narrative. That, so then we, we have two lone gunmen's. Don't forget, there's you know right. Jack Ruby the following day, so two lone gunmen, according to uh, what Tucker was saying, and according to the official story. So no conspiracy there, I guess. Either way, it's a word that's still with us to this day, and it's consistently used to the point that they have. There's been several spinoffs of this, which, which at this moment, the most recent iteration is. An election denier. You're an election mm-hmm. denier. Yep. There's all kinds of stuff. There's climate deniers. There's, you know, this is spun right, which off. Is, which is all spinning things. off of Holocaust denial. 
which the term Holocaust denier, there are actual Holocaust deniers who deny the Holocaust happened, but there are not people who deny that climate exists or that elections exist. So it just, it gets more and more insultingly kind of dumbed down. Yeah, Orwell was right with the, as the... The double plus ungood. Yeah, as the uh, words disappear for... uh, uh, bad. What is it? Bad think. Bad group think. Whatever. As the words start to disappear for wrong double think. plus, unthink. No wrong think. Ah, so as the words disappear for wrong think, then uh, people can't even articulate exactly what they're doing. Yeah. So one of the big stories, and we talked about it last time, so I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time on it, but. The whole Twitter files thing. Which and, I, I, I've looked into more this week. It's been kind of fascinating. It's just like... Well, you heard about the new Crystal Knot, right? I... I tried to pay attention to the... Uh, you know, the rollout, the Taibi rollout. Yeah. And, man... I'm not saying he... Uh, intentionally did a bad job, but if he was intentionally doing a bad job, he couldn't have done much worse than he did at rolling out a Twitter thread there. But, but anyway, you, you missed my point though. You you don't even know about the new Crystal Knock? No, what, I don't. What is it, Crystal Knock? Go ahead. You don't what? What are you saying? Tell me what it is. The new crystal knock is the Elon suspended seven uh, seven journalists from Twitter, and oh. they're calling it the new crystal knock. Oh, they're calling it that? Yes, because seven journalists were suspended from Twitter. It's it's just like fascism and just like what Hitler did. Okay. So, Taibi, I'm not making this stuff up. This is a real deal. This is no, exa- I, I believe you. Exactly. I, this, I, I've seen the stupid Taylor Lorenz blabbing on him, you know, like the, the most persecution anyone could ever endure is being banned from Twitter. Yep. For yep. two hours or whatever she was banned from Twitter from. Yep. Um, but anyway. So this, this brought out... There's people questioning Taibbi's handling of this. And Whitney Handling, Webb is, using that word advisedly. Whitney Webb is one of those people, and she referred back to. Um, she says, after this, referring to the the Tucker story, uh, I'm curious if Matt Taibbi still classifies not believing the official story of JFK's assassination as one of the trashiest American conspiracy tales. Oof. And someone replies to her and says, I didn't know he had said that. And, well, here it is. This is Matt Taibbi's Rolling Stone article. I'll go ahead and read it. So this will give some context to (laughs) why you correctly mentioned the fact that I don't like Matt Taibbi. But, um, all right, yeah, I like some of his writing. But I do not trust him and think he's 
intentionally a gatekeeper, and this story is a, a big reason why. So, 50 years after the moon landing, why conspiracy theories won't die. Belief in a faked moon landing is one of the first great fake news stories. Why there are sure to be a lot more going forward. And this is back in July of 2019. Controversy over fake news burst into view again this past weekend on the anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission. Saturday, July 20th, marked 50 years since astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin beat the Soviets' ill-fated unmanned Luna 15 to the lunar surface. The coming of this date was long a pop culture fixation. Between Hollywood's first man, deftly casting emotionally absent Ryan Gosling as Armstrong, and an onslaught of retrospectives on Discovery, Nat Geo, Science, and Smithsonian channels, Reliving Apollo has been one of the few feel-good media stories going. As, as multiple news outlets complain this weekend, however, many Americans don't share the love. The number of people who believe the moon landing didn't happen seems to have risen in the last 20 years. Huh, I wonder why that is. USA Today, as an example, ran a piece about Bart Seibrel, the 55-year-old Tennessean who got punched by Buzz Aldrin back in 2002 and still thinks the mission was a CIA movie production, a common theory is that Space Odyssey's Stanley Kubrick directed, like ant, like anti-vaxxers, linked to another story bashing anti-vaxxers, moon deniers have become a fixation of the press in recent years, with NBA star Steph Curry among those attracting scorn. And I did link through to the New York Times article. Um, Steph Curry doubt, doubts moon landings. NASA offers to show him the rocks. Because that's proof, Steph Curry. How dare you doubt it? They've got rocks, man. Just because some of those rocks, you know, were provably not uh, moon rocks. We'll, we'll just ignore that. All right. Uh, Michael Smirkonish on CNN also did a piece recently about Cybrell and others, bringing a psychology professor on to wonder aloud at the stupidity of flat earthers. Hello, Kyrie Irving, OJ defenders, and Apollo deniers. One of the points made... Research showing people who believe in conspiracies would be willing to participate in conspiracies themselves. In other words, bad people make bad news consumers. There you go. If you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a, you're a bad person, and you're bad at interpreting the news. It's more complicated than that, but the moon landing fables are weak. Americans in general bring a high degree of literary skill to crafting conspiracy tales, but not in this case. The thinnest tales involve massive numbers of would-be conspirator conspirators who successfully keep quiet and are only found when a bored hobbyist declares reported reality scientifically impossible. Then they'll find the face of Jesus in the picture of a tree stump or an alien satellite in a photo of space debris, or in this case, a reflection of a stage grip in an astronaut's visor. The old physical impossibility saws a nervous tick found in a lot of the trashiest American conspiracy tables. tales. Only a controlled demolition could cause Building 7 to freefall. Fertilizer couldn't have felled the Murrah building in Oklahoma City. Look at the fatal headshot that killed Kennedy. It's back into the left, the wrong way. There are real conspiracy... <clears throat> so, it, it just dismisses all those. <laughs> Actually, I would say... Uh, building seven. Yeah, I definitely think uh, building seven didn't commit suicide. 
Uh, fertilizer couldn't have filled the Murr building. Check. And the fatal headshot on Kennedy. Back it to the left. Exact wrong direction from where the the window in the, in the observatory is. Check. So he just dismisses those. But then he says, There are real conspiracies that are found out by technical observers catching inconsistency. The, the LIBOR scandal was uncovered in part because financial analysts saw the interest rate benchmarks fluctuations didn't match other measures of lender confidence, for instance. But cases like that are usually followed up by investigations that find witness evidence and explain the problem. In the case of LIBOR, it turned out banks were not measuring real economic activity when they submitted rate numbers. If your best evidence for decades is a shadow and a spot on the visor, you might want to think about moving on. So what do you think, Tim? Is the best evidence questioning the moon landing uh, a shadow and a spot on a visor? No. No. Definitely not. It's, it's a, that is a straw man argument. And he even says, like, the, the weakest examples. It's like, well, why don't you deal with the strongest examples? If, sure. you're, if you're debunking, you don't find the weakest example and debunk that. Like, take on the, you know, take on the real deal. But, um, And then, he, you know, he talked about how they were complaining about too many people were starting to question the moon landing. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. But then he says, "No worries. Just hope that I don't forget they had the cough button because we'll have to stop the show." Still, the number of people who don't buy the moon story is quite small, around five percent of the population. Five percent? You think only five percent don't buy the moon? The moon story? No. When, when was this written, though? This is twenty nineteen. Okay. But I'll. In 2008, I'm sitting around with a, a bunch of other like foreigners in Korea, right. you know, Westerners, sure. English teachers, yeah. and the you know I'm the like 9/11 conspiracy guy, right? So the the conversation is, what conspiracy theory do you believe if you don't believe the 9/11 thing? And over half the people of that group were like, oh, moon landing. I don't think the moon landing is well. Real. So I didn't is, even. This, I hadn't even looked into it, and this is two thousand eight. Two thousand eight in Korea. Yeah, it was with all and, you know. and they say moon landing, and you. I mean, as recently as us doing this show, I remember saying. Yeah, I just hadn't looked. In, I hadn't looked into it. Right, but it was a National yeah. Geographic article, and it said, uh, "It said the uh, here's the anti-science people, the people who believe the vaccines are bad for you." That we haven't been to the moon. And like it listed off like five things. I've never found that that cover again. I should go back and listen to one of our episodes where we talked about the episode where we talked about it. Yep. But I was five for five and you were four for five. You hadn't looked into the moon landing. I was just like, whoa. Right. Yeah. So that's I'm saying 5% no way. No. I would say at least 50%. Yeah. Although, you know, age, there, there's definitely... A generation, my, for me, it was like my grandparents' generation, where they, their first TV was to watch the moon landing. No, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And there's, you know, they believed. 
part of that was the technology of TV and not understanding, <laughs> like, just by putting it on television makes it a lie. Right. You well, know, and then... It's programming. But you're looking at it and you're, your brain is processing it like it's real. So and don't forget that there was golden foil. So anytime there's golden <laughs> foil, like I want you to, I mean, Andrew, if you go in your kitchen right now and look in the drawer, you have there's regular, not golden foil, no regular yeah. foil. See golden yeah. foils would get you to the moon. You got to look out yeah. for that golden foil. <laughs> All right. So he says 5% of the population compared that to 70 plus percent who believe in angels. Yeah. I believe in angels. 45% who believe in ghosts and uh, not, not who ghosts pretend to be. Uh, I would put those in the demon category. Or the 35% who believe aliens have landed on Earth. Again, demons, not aliens. And it's clear you're dealing with a tiny minority. Stories about the goofy beliefs of the body politic were once mere asides in news coverage. In the Trump era, people who indulge in oddball belief systems are considered dangerous villains. The root of their thinking search for in a way scientists would look for causes of cancer accordingly the number of chin stroking media examinations of the fake news phenomenon has scored as if it were has soared as if it were some great cultural mystery it isn't as i found out over a decade ago when i wrote the a book on the subject titled the great derangement the flowering of conspiracy theories has an obvious correlation to a collapse of trust in institutions like the news media and the presidency it's simple math. You can only ask the public to swallow so many fictions before they start to invent their own. The moon story is a great illustration. A blot on the Apollo narrative involved the moment when Armstrong and Aldrin, standing triumphant on the lunar soil, had to endure a long, rehearsed phone call from sweat-drenched corruption machine Richard Nixon. NASA was lucky to escape with this little Nixon wanted to have the Star Spangled Banner play after the landing... Um, with this little, Nixon wanted to have the Star Spangled Banner play after the landing. I don't know, why is that a bad idea? Still, it was an unpleasant reminder of how historical fact and politics can become intertwined. A few years after Apollo 11, Nixon was driven from the White House in a scandal that fractured the American psyche. Really? That Having a, a president's head blown off in broad daylight didn't fracture the American psyche but uh richard nixon resigning over watergate fractured the american psyche okay uh from that point forward americans would never again be shocked uh be shocked by news that their presidents were liars or worse all right how uh, long are you going to spend reading this article it's a bad take by taibi so this is are, are you it, done with the character assassination of taibi how does it tie into what we're dealing with now okay because what he has put out on twitter i mean there is still useful information in there even if he doesn't believe the moon landing's fake yes and he he did do excellent work on the financial crisis he did so, so yeah. i will i will the piece that the piece that he did uh for the money but, laundering of the specific bank that slips my mind right now is one of the best pieces He's so if, and I would I would say that because he is clearly intelligent enough to understand the financial stuff, yes, that I do not believe he is just dumb enough to just 
assume all this stuff is bogus without looking into it. And I mean, it's possible that he just genuinely just thinks it's all crazy because he's never looked into it. But you would think if you're writing subjects, writing books, writing articles on the subject that you would look into this stuff yourself. And if that's true, he's too smart um, for this not to be conscious lying. That's sure. what I'm saying. I and I am, which means gatekeeper. Full disclaimer, which means that you can't trust him on the stuff that he he does reveal good information about because you don't know at what point the the truth telling ends and the gatekeeping begins. Sure, that makes sense. I I can respect that point. I've always kind of liked Taibi, subscribed to his Substack. Um, this whole thing that's going on with Twitter, I think there's a couple uh, key takeaways. One is so I'll say this I don't trust Matt Taibbi implicitly I don't know Matt Taibbi I just have to read what he writes and make my decisions based on that again same situation I don't trust Elon Musk pretty much at all so I don't know him I don't know what he's about or whatever I I know you I trust you I know the things that you write it makes sense to me and I know you as a person so I have so but the, the things that are going on with Taibbi right now are very strange. And I think that uh, Elon Musk being the biggest one. So Elon just grabs him and is like, hey, you want the inside scoop? Check out these docs. And Elon is on this mission to release the Twitter files to let everybody know that all this stuff has been going on because he's a good guy. And Iron Man is here to save the day. He's got some funny tweets. I like some of the stuff he does. I still think overall we're he- he's headed in a wrong direction, but it doesn't mean half the stuff he's doing isn't good. They have to he has to do some good. Dressing like you know Lucifer's best friend probably not a good thing, but releasing that that the FBI was involved in all these cover ups probably a good thing. It's good for some people to learn that. I think Taibbi through Elon or through this information has is becoming somewhat compromised whether intentionally or not i think he's being handled i think that they are handling him and feeding him the information that they want to get out and either you're right he's the gatekeeper and he's he's intentionally keeping it out or they're not giving it to him and they're keeping it out either way but what they're not doing is going full all in so the next drop i think we're up to six the next drop is supposed to be the fbi one so we'll see what that ends up looking like. So the, that's my theory yeah, so of what's going on. There's so many untrustworthy characters in this. I think Taibi is just the mouthpiece, and mm-hmm. where the like where are the files coming from? Who had possession of the files? Where were they when Elon took over? Which FBI people got fired? Which FBI people are still at the company? Huh? Right. Elon, want to yep. explain that one? Who's still at the company? Because the FBI clearly has interest in this. And from what I can tell, Taibi isn't getting everything. He's getting what the FBI will allow him to have. Meanwhile, they're outing, completely outing, other FBI agents who have already been fired from Twitter. The whole thing stinks. They want us to think that we're getting everything, but we're not. And it's because Elon is distracting us all, trying to convince us that he's more of a good guy. I don't know. Is the end game to? I don't know the end like, game, man. That's that's, give, what, that's what kills give people me. People to trust Twitter, yeah, or go yeah. Back I, on Twitter, it, like it, 
it feels away from the alternatives. It's, it, it feels kind of like that. I think, you know, he, he's like cheerleading the whole thing, like engagements up, you know, and just like, right. I'm releasing this stuff. I'm bringing back band people. Blah, blah. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I hope Taibi is not a gatekeeper. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. But I feel like him and, uh, you know, Glenn Greenwald are being handled. I think that somebody is feeding them the information that they want to get out. But it's not all there. It's not all there. We still no. don't know, you know, when the FBI knew about the Hunter Biden laptop. We still don't, you know, I mean, yeah. That whole thing is hand in glove with, you know, f- straight what, what is actually, not what the Democrats call it, but what is actually called fascism. That is when the government reaches in and uses a corporation to assert their interest against what the Constitution would have us have. Yeah, whether it's unconstitutional, ill, you know, surveillance or whatever else. It's yeah, there. I mean, it is. It is pretty obvious. That the guy runs nothing, though, right? Elon, like, yeah. I mean, he's he's either there. There's people as intelligent like, as they like, say he is, or there's like two or three people running this. There's no in between. He's either a mad genius, or there's two or three people running this, or it's a complete op, and he's not doing anything, and they just they're they're just I I don't know, man. Yeah, it's well, but I mean, is he still running Tesla? Is he still running all the other stuff he's supposedly running? Tesla runs on its own, man. He hit autopilot on that thing. He upgraded to autopilot, <laughs> hit the autopilot, and stepped away from his desk. It's like, ah, these people, they'll just keep working hard. I don't have to... Well, this strangely ties into one of the clips that I brought along. So all right. I have uh, also Elon related. So um, is it is it Elon related? Do they talk about Elon? Oh no, I have another clip that's Elon related. Dang it, that's not the one. Uh, but this relates to fascism, and uh, so I will. You know, we're talking about the censorship on Twitter and fascism. Um, maybe I should play the other one that is Elon related since I teased it. So. The Crystal Knock thing is basically a bunch of journalists crying that they've been suspended from Twitter and the liberal media freaking out because they received seven day suspensions from Twitter. So Did just one so of them actually use the Crystal Knock? Yes. Who? I think it was Taylor Rents. Oh my goodness. So anyway, they're freaking out. They've been suspended for seven days from Twitter. This is the worst thing ever. Crystal Knock part two. Um, and it turns out, do you know why they were suspended, Andrew? Well, they were reporting on the account that tracks Elon's private jet, and they, I think, linked through to it, basically. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising, since mainstream journalists never link through to anything else. Don't know why they'd link through to that, but... Yeah. <laughs> you can't make me laugh, man. I have to hit the cough button. <laughs> uh, so anyway... This is a, a gentleman on YouTube. I'll link it in the show notes. He is breaking down the whole uh, tracking Elon and then him suspending journalists thing. I think he did a great breakdown. But the interesting part of this to me 
is the idea that, well, they're just taking public information and, and sharing it on Twitter. What's the big deal? It's not exactly true. Tracking Elon Musk's private chat. It reached its pinnacle the other day when some lunatic uh, tossed themselves on the hood of the car with his child in it, uh, with Elon's son in it. And since that has happened, he has uh, run out of Fs to give. And it seemed like these journalists were more interested in trolling him. they, They were basically trolling him, putting his life in danger, but they didn't care about that. They knew it bothered him when they were linking to this. So they were linking to it. And that's why they got suspended. But journalists lie. And the lie that they have chosen to spread is that this information is publicly available when it is in fact not. Jack Sweeney is via Tim. Jack Sweet Tim Pool. Jim's Jim, Jack Sweeney is the guy that runs the Elon's Jet account. Was not posting public information. Sweeney was posting the private information of Elon Musk, and he knew it. Elon has PIA, not what you think, but it's privacy address, ICAO address. Um, Elon has PIA, which seeks to protect the privacy of entities using private aircrafts. Sweeney actually bragged that he could write software to expose Elon Musk's private info. Yeah, so the PIA, ICAO, can be changed monthly if chosen to do so, but even then, it's relatively easy to identify. I'm confident I can write software to identify it, actually. So this is not publicly available content, right? Elon Musk replies, this is correct. And he says here, criticizing me all day long is totally fine. But doxing my real-time location and endangering my family is not. Uh, and so what happened is a lot of journalists were, were linking to where you could still get this information. Essentially, the journalists were like linking to like Mastodon and other platforms that you could still get this information. Even Mastodon themselves, uh, again, stupid idiots, um, you know, and I and I always support new tech. Mastodon is like a Twitter alternative. It's a little, it's a little different, a little more convoluted, but um, you know, it has. Uh, they posted a link to his jet tracker, so even Mastodon got banned. And all these journalists were saying, "Oh my God, Elon's banning all these journalists just for journalisming." Wrong. And you can see he hopped into spaces with a group of journalists and informed them. But the same doxing rules apply to them, and they are not special. Uh, yeah. Um, well, as I'm sure everyone who's been... You can see who's in here, Elon Jet. All the people that are suspended for whatever reason could still join spaces. So Elon Jet's in here. Ben Collins, who just got suspended today, uh, like from his job as a, as a reporter. Timmy Poole's in here. Looks like Hodge Twins. Doxson uh, would agree, you know... Uh, Showing real-time uh, information about somebody's location is uh, inappropriate, and I think everyone on this call would not like that to be done put to them. And uh, I think so. And there is not going to be any distinction in the future between journalists, so-called journalists, and, and regular people. Everyone's going to be treated the same. Oh, no. That they did not like to hear, did they? You are no better than the average Joe journalist. You will follow the same rules that they follow. You're not special because you're a journalist. You're, you're just, you're, you're a Twitter, you're just, you're a citizen. Um, so, uh, no special treatment. Um, 
You dox, you dox, you get suspended. End of story. Um, so, and, 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 and ban evasion, ban evasion, or like, or, or trying to be clever about it. Like, oh, I posted a link to the real time information is obviously, uh, that is obviously simply trying to evade the, the, the meaning. That is, there's no different from than, paste, than actually showing real time information. Exactly. So all these little journalists were like, Elon, why are you saying it's doxing? We're not giving out your home address. Now, I admit that the functional definition of doxing, as most of us know it, is like your home address, maybe your phone number, some personal information. This would fit under that. It's just that most of us can't relate to the personal information of private jets getting out there. And Elon has even said he doesn't care if the data is out there later in the day. So why are they so obsessed with it being real time? I think that these journalists know that it is a form of intimidation. They know that they can scare, they can make Elon Musk feel scared that some. I don't know if they're trying to intimidate him or not, but I thought that was an interesting take and uh, it gave a little bit more light to the story. I didn't understand exactly what was going on with that. I didn't understand that the private jet information was supposed to be private. If they were kept saying, oh, it's public information to know where Elon is. So anyway, I thought that was well, interesting. Flight information's public. Right. Uh, flight information. So if you can get the tail, if you can get yeah. the tail uh, sign, then you can log on and find out where it is and get that stuff. Yeah. Uh, however, I think he was using a service that was trying to make it private. But they were also doing something else because they got all the way down to like where's his car and had his, uh, you know, it, it, it would make me pretty mad if my son was driving a car and somebody jumped on the hood because they figured out from some, you know, Twitter thing that that was where my son was going to be. Also, my son's six, so if he was driving a car, it'd be a problem. <laughs> be a, yeah. There's other problems. Upset for many reasons. Yeah, but. upset for many reasons. So anyway, I don't know. Well, it, but, but the thing is, People report their own locations on social media. Yeah. Right. I just reported that so I'm going to be going to Seattle on a podcast to a bunch of people. So I do think that if, if you're in a public place and you're a public figure, someone saying this public figure is in this public place is not doxing. Sure. Pu publishing, uh, you know, home address so that people can go harass the Supreme court justice or whatever politician that is, that's doxing. Unless you're masking or the, waters or the person, if you're, if you choose to be anonymous online, like libs of tip TikTok, that's doxing. When you say, Oh, it's this person and let's get them fired from their job. That's doxing. So, yeah, I just, you know, I, I don't feel bad for the journalists and I don't feel bad for Elon. So, but, yeah. You know. Oh, so real-time information, I mean, it's interesting. I'm, I'm just curious. So you, you're fine with real-time information of his location at all times? Yes. As long as it's not public? So not, well, as, not his home well, address is what you're saying. Well, no, I'm saying while he is out in public. Right. Because yes. he's posting that stuff himself. Like, oh, 
Look, I'm at Twitter headquarters. Obviously, there has to be more let, than let that, that if somebody figured in. out which car, which car his son was in. Right? Like, there has to be... Like, how would, how would that happen? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's certainly a, a different level. That's a different level. I mean, he's not even but in the that, car. That's obviously not the uh, private jet guy's fault. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's the journalist linking to the private jet guy... Or maybe that's why he was talking about exits to an airport. So maybe this happened outside an airport. He, you know, you see Elon's yeah, plane land. Okay, so there's you got the usually, there's you got usually the, not very many routes out of a small private airport, and, and not that many small private jets in a bigger airport. So how many Teslas come driving off of the the tarmac? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Probably just one or two. So just you can jump put on two one and of two them. together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, weird. Th- that would be an interesting story to look into more. Like, yeah, is this just a, a lone nut, or is this part of a larger? Well, I found it interesting, not because it's some breaking ground breaking information, you know, that cancer's parasites or that Tim has pneumonia or anything like that, but more just that's. I just found it interesting, and I, I think other people might as well. And it is something to kind of follow up on for in the future. Are they planting the seed that Elon's right. location is known and they, some? Lone. They used to do this all the time with Obama. Yep. Where it'd be like, oh, look at that guy that got by security. He could have shot Obama, no problem. You know, yeah. Just to like, just keep him in line, make sure yep. you, you know. Yep. So the, are they with Trump, to... they just gave him COVID and said like, look, here's the deal. You can keep taking this remdesivir and be dead in two days or uh, you're going to become new Trump. And he became new Trump. Yeah. Well, so this could be the same sort of thing. It could be kind of a threat or uh, just... Yeah, a, I don't think Elon is ever is at all out of line to need to be pushed back in line, but it could be. Sure, or he uh, maybe, not, be, not even saying that, maybe he's in on it uh, where, you know, something, he fakes something happening to him. It just, the whole thing just feels odd. Something to take note of. Like I said, it's not, it's not life changing. It's like a, the, the victim Olympics... Like billionaires and journalists competing, who are the bigger victims? And see how little Andrew and Tim could care. <laughs> and see how little, how little I could care. Uh, very, very little. <laughs> Did you? F- I haven't even followed the. I don't even have any stories on the omnibus spending bill and all that garbage. I've so far given up on that. But. Oh, is. Oh gosh, a cough keeps coming. Uh, are they going to suspend unless they raise the debt ceiling or something? Are they going to suspend the governors, government? Uh, yeah. Or as the Babylon Bee put it, uh, unless unless Congress agrees to fund Ukraine, <laughs> government will be suspended there. Yeah. So, but uh, McConnell says they're. We're getting all our priorities. Like, oh, thanks, McConnell. All your priorities, maybe. War funding. I'm gonna try. uh, I'm gonna try something on the fly here. But go ahead. What do you want to do next? So, on. It's a stretch to tie this together, but in the actual good guy really bad guy or somewhere in between category. Um, 
DeSantis, and this comes this comes from Yahoo News, propaganda for dumb people. DeSantis blasted for quote Orwellian vaccine investigation. What? Which there's something Orwellian about using Orwellian to to attack uh, looking into vaccines, but yeah, that was mainly what stuck out to me. One day after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced a push to investigate alleged harms caused by coronavirus vaccines, Dr. Anthony Fauci, President Biden's chief medical advisor, criticized the move as a pointless exercise that would only undermine public confidence in efforts to boost and maintain protection against the circulating pathogen. We have a vaccine that unequivocally is highly effective and safe and has saved literally millions of lives, said Fauci on CNN. What's the problem with vaccines? (laughs) What is the problem with vaccines, Andrew? (laughs) I just have no idea. Uh, The the problem is vaccines have become part of America's polarized politics. Since the advent of COVID-19 vaccines late in the Trump administration, skepticism of the established medical science has become a kind of creed for many conservatives, as well as for some on the far left. Uh, looking at you, uh, guy whose clips Tim plays on the show. What's that? Yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's, Jimmy's coming. Political disagreements about lockdowns, mask mandates, and vaccine requirements have hardened into antipathy toward the vaccines themselves. (gasps) Oh, no. Season on rare rare adverse side effects. Rare. (laughs) Which is an improper phrase. You could say rare rare. adverse events. You could say rare adverse effects. You cannot say rare adverse side effects. Because that's what they are. Well, it doesn't make sense. It's if they're a side effect, then it's implied that, that it's, it's adverse. adverse. Yeah, you don't say, I, "Well, I had a positive side effect." Oh, yeah, that's one of the common ones, not one of those rare adverse side effects. All right. Anyway, in diminishing effectiveness, the result of new variants and low booster uptake. That I didn't know that. I didn't know we were. Getting variants because of low booster uptake. Mm. Vaccine critics have dismissed inoculation as ineffective and potentially dangerous. Some have also embraced outlandish conspiracy theories about vaccines as a form of government and corporate control. And it shows a lady with an American flag and a sign that says, No mandates, my body, my choice. Oh, what a lunatic. During a pandemic-related hearing in the House, Representative Jamie Raskin, ugh, particularly evil creature, a Maryland progressive called the proposed grand jury an Orwellian development. These actions are transparently designed to falsely suggest that coronavirus vaccines, not the coronavirus itself, are dangerous, he said Wednesday. DeSantis, who was widely expected to seek the Republican presidential nomination in 2024, played open to those concerns on Tuesday when he announced he would call for Florida's Supreme Court to impanel a grand jury to investigate crimes and wrongdoing committed against Floridians related to the COVID-19 vaccine. He's also seeking further surveillance into sudden deaths of individuals that received the COVID-19 vaccine in Florida. Such deaths are rare, according to the Centers for Disease Control. You know what else is rare? Dying from covid um, and prevention whose vaccine surveillance statistics indicate that 17,868 people or 0.0027% of vaccine recipients died after their shots. 
These, those reports unquestionably include thousands of deaths that happened after vaccination, but had nothing to do with the vaccines themselves. And I'm sure that's those 17,000 people. That's it. That's all that died because every death gets reported, right? Into the CDC. Oh, net 1%. What? Hmm. Vaccine skeptics have often used reports of supposed side effects, such as those to a vaccine database that does not require confirmation. It's it's the CDC's website. It's the VAERS is there is their system. It's like they're always just, you know, oh, we could just ignore VAERS. Notice it doesn't say VAERS in the article either. Uh, we wouldn't want the dumb people clicking through to, to VAERS. To exaggerate supposed dangers. And such critics invariably downplay the fact that vaccines are exceptionally effective at stopping serious and critical COVID-19 illness which has killed more than 6.6 million people globally. Sure it has. All right, it goes on and on. So, I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to like DeSantis, but, you know, it, grand jury and going after Big Pharma, that's the way to my heart. Well, yeah. I mean, when your other choices are a pedophile and a guy who won't back down from the vaccines, the greatest thing ever. Yeah. He, he looks all right. <laughs> he looks all right. Ah. Uh, supported by Jeb Bush. Please or clap. Go wrong. So, please clap. Yeah, please please clap. Um, you ready for this? I'm gonna do something I've never done before. You're, you're gonna have to, 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 to grit your teeth for this one. All right, but you're right, gonna go you're gonna it. hear this. Are you ready? Yep. Debt ceiling. So we're are we up against the debt ceiling right now? What's the date? Oh, again, uh, uh, December twentieth, twenty twenty-two. We're way up against the debt ceiling. This is Revelations Radio News with Tim Kilkenny and Andrew Hoffman. Today is August Wednesday, August 3rd, 2011. What's going on? A lot, a lot going on in the news today. There is, yeah. We're going to go over quite a few different stories. Um, if people are, obviously, at this point, everyone's going to be new to the show. Uh, but if you're, if you're listening to this sometime in the future... Uh, the big story that's just kind of wrapping up is the whole debt ceiling fiasco. So we are going to talk a little bit about that. Obviously, we've got uh, what politics. The was back then. The political right? theater sideshow is is uh, hitting full speed, and then as always, the economy is a big story. So we'll we'll talk about those, and we'll also hit some more kind of random and obscure uh, news articles towards the end of the show. So. So first of all, regarding the debt ceiling, do you hear that horrible jump cut edit? Like, uh, you know, while they're they're talking, uh, <laughs> you know, the Republicans are saying they want to cut. When you used to do work the, on this thing, I used to cut. I used to do edits. <laughs> I still do edits on occasion, but you you don't hear Andrew you, release a breath and then have a word within the same millisecond. You, you don't have. You don't even edit out like my stomach growling. I didn't edit out your stomach growl, and apparently, according to James, I missed a Jimmy Dore curse word. So I apologize for those. I have gotten better in eleven years of editing. But uh, anyway, I guess we don't have to listen to any more. A full minute of that is probably right. enough. Get the but, idea that that scaring you with the debt ceiling and the government shutdown—it's an old trick. It's an old trick that uh, <laughs> we talked about on Revelations Radio News episode one. Numero uno. Ooh, painful. 
Yeah. It was painful to listen to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, That's buddy. You you don't sound near as bad as you think you do. And, it's, yeah. and, I, and I always like to say this. It's a luxury for you to not like your voice and complain about hearing your voice and never listening to the show. Because I pretty much had to burn any kind of uh, distaste for my own voice completely out of me by listening to it all the time to edit podcasts and put them up. Eventually, yeah. you just have to move past it. We we do have one listener who, who said we we both have very calm, soothing voices. So yeah. I appreciate that. I do, too. I think that you're... Uh, you, the way you speak is calm, and I think that uh, the way I speak is sometimes erratic and emphatic, but it's deep, so maybe that's calming. Yeah. Well, I've got... While we're on the vaccine clip, this is just a beauty. Peter Hotez, we've talked about this lunatic before, but he is a big shot. Like he, a he makes a lot of money off of the vaccines. Okay. And he, the WHO, World Health Organization. I need, to, I need to Google this guy just so I can see his face. Oh, <clears> you'll <throat> you'll definitely recognize him. I've got the link in there to the tweet. It shows the with the video, World Health Organization. Peter Hotez, right at the beginning, has the oh has his face. Yeah. Yeah, this guy <clears throat> totally not a pedophile. I I don't know if he's a pedophile. He's but he's 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 not a person you would look at and say like definitely not a pedophile. Okay, how Is about this? Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. That's I guess that's that's a little bit. How about this? Not a person you would look at and be like happily married with a bunch of kids. Or uh, yeah, go ahead and. And uh, I would leave my children in the pass, same room with pass. you. Pass. Yeah. Pass. No. Nope. 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 Yep. So even if he didn't have syringes, but uh, let's let's play the clip. All right. We have to recognize that anti-vaccine activism, which I actually call anti-science aggression, has now become a major killing force globally during the COVID pandemic in the. Does it rival the actual killing force of the... Oh, sorry. United States, 200,000 Americans needlessly lost their lives because they refused a COVID vaccine, even after vaccines became widely available. And now that anti-vaccine activism is expanding across the world, even into low and middle income countries. It's a killing force. Anti-science now kills more people than things like gun violence, global terrorism, nuclear proliferation, or cyber attacks. And now it's become a political movement. In the U.S., it's linked to far extremism on the far right. Same in Germany. So this is a new face of anti-science aggression. And so we need political solutions to address this. We have so to recognize... Not, it's not totally accurate. I'm, I was just saying... Let, let me be the first to embrace anti-science aggression. Anti-science aggression. Huh? Yeah, i i feel I feel the anti-science aggression. Aggression. I would say anti-scientism aggression would be more accurate, but that's fine. I was fine being called an anti-vaxxer. Uh, all the nine eleven truth terms, you know, the all the denial terms for. Uh, climate denier all that i'm fine with all that uh, i'm just embracing 
I, the anti-science. I'm an anti-science aggressor. I didn't tell you what happened when I met Zuby. So uh, Zuby was speaking at the University of Oklahoma, and he started asking interactive questions towards the end. And uh, he, had, you know, raise your hand if you've been, you know, told that what you believed in was was, uh, you know, a little bit out there, whatever. He went to this whole series of questions. And then the, the, leading up to the very last one is like, who's been publicly called a conspiracy theorist? And I, I was the only one left still raising my hand. And he looked directly at me and pointed and he goes, I knew you would still have your hand up. And I was like, <laughs> I don't like, I don't care. You guys can call me whatever names you want. I, the, if I don't believe what you people are, you know, I just don't believe what's being fed to me. And, uh, yeah. So it, these, these clowns, they're complete clowns. I mean, did you hear in that clip? It's it's just always they're always using words and comparisons and cliches to make this thing worse than the next. I'm just happy that gun violence isn't an issue anymore. Just anti-vaxxers, right? Like in there, he's like, "This is worse oh, the, than it's worse it, than yeah. gun violence. It's worse than I thought. Gun violence was like the worst thing ever. Like Dude, now, it's anti-vaxxers. Oh, I would man. I would love to see the scientific evidence that 200,000 people have died because they didn't take the vaccine in the U.S. Yeah, well, there's there is none. There's the, none. None at all. It does not exist. These are not to mention if they're going by the official statistics. if they're going by the official numbers. <clears throat> I don't think that many died before the vaccine was even available. It's like it's too way too high, just based off like strictly off timelines. Yeah. I know that you can't prove it, but even just a simple thing of like, I don't think we were at the two hundred number when the vaccine arrived. Mm, it was in the sixties in the summer. It was uh, maybe yeah, oh, I maybe. think it was like a hundred. So it it's saying. Yeah, yeah, but it's insane it's, because it doesn't stop the tr- it doesn't stop the spread. It only prevents worse COVID. Well, we don't really know because well, that not that there's any any studies that show that it prevents worse. Look, COVID. it's like seventy eight percent effective, and if you you know next if you get, next if you Tuesday get COVID after like, getting the vaccine, it usually won't kill you. So what happens a few if you days get COVID after and you didn't have the vaccine? Well, it's even less likely to kill you, but we won't mention that part. If you get a booster a few days out, you know, a few days after the booster, you're not as likely to get covid but like a few days after that you you know you're a little bit more likely to get covid and then like a week after that you could probably get covid and then you just got to get boosted again and then you'll never get covid (laughs) so yeah eventually you'll stop getting covid maybe once you're dead you won't get covid anymore no more covid for you so uh peter halligan we've read some of his Substack previously (laughs) He commented on this same exact video. He's got a... So I'll, I'll read part of it. If you... If you thought... Uh, you know... I had a strong take on Hotez. Uh, <laughs> the title. MONSTER! All caps! Exclamation point. WHO sycophant Hotez projects his support for genocide of the weak, the poor, the infirm, and the elderly by seeking to ban data analysis and pursuit of the scientific method. Okay. Uh, he's got some links there. Oh, amazing. He actually puts links to support his points. Oh, he must be a conspiracy theorist. He's... A sadistic, malevolent worshiper of Moloch, Peter Hotez labels those using evidence-based analysis as far-right 
In the 52-second video embedded in the Twitter post, Hotez launches into a tirade against the data that reveals that the C-19 pandemic is magnitudes greater than it is, that vaccines are the solution, that those examining the data are a killing force of anti-science far-right extremists. Let's, let's break down his rant. We have to recognize, and this is a oh, quote from Hotez. Sorry. We have to recognize that anti-vaccine activism, which I actually call anti-science aggression, has now become a major killing force globally. Firstly, the injections are not vaccines. No one has been vaccinated. The injections are an experimental treatment that modifies human DNA, which failed phase three clinical trials. At best, the injections suppress symptoms that would otherwise indicate infection, hence turning the symptomatic infected people into asymptomatic infected people, removing the clear signs of infection, and turning the injected and infected into super spreaders. At worst, the injections are the source of genocide running into the tens of millions of people globally, and millions in the U.S. will suffer from developing conditions that turn into morbidities no one knows because the injections are an experiment secondly the definition of a case was made using an rt-pcr test that was not initially calibrated to the toxic spike protein component of sars-cov-2 virus that causes the c19 disease the test using amplification cycles way in excess of the maximum 24 that would produce evidence of the presence of spike protein yada yada so we've gone through all that stuff before but uh he goes on to the the way it was treated remdesivir medozolam morphine ventilators yeah so other people also not a fan of the peter hotez i'll put it that way this and i understand this because i've had the same reaction peter halligan especially offended by the evil Peter Hotez. When someone has the same name as you, it's extra, you know, extra double, bad when they do terrible things to your name. Double plus on good. Yeah. Like a, like Prince Andrew or, you know, it's yeah, Prince not, Andrew's not, not a good person to share, share a name with. I'm trying to think, I think I haven't really made up my mind on Tim pool. He seems <laughs> interesting. It's but not the worst. I mean, not the it's worst. Not, not yeah. Prince Andrew bad. Yeah. yeah. And when you narrow it down to Andrew Hoffman's, there's there's quite a few of them. I haven't run into any real bad ones, so I'm not. No one's done. I believe there's a TV show with like a serial killer, Andrew Hoffman, but for oh, okay. the most part, it's you know not I, too bad. Hoffman, uh, a, a powerful word, powerful name, and it feels like common in like fiction i don't know i feel like i, I hear hoffman thrown around and shows yeah, and things like german that. It's a, is it like abrasive yeah and i was picking it's, up my it, it means like innkeeper or bartender in german well there you go the well, hoff is hoff is like a tavern well t- today when i was picking up my prescription for uh inhaler and other forbidden actual pharmaceutical drugs uh I, uh, they asked if I was also here to pick up the, uh, prescription for Kelly. And I said, <laughs> they just volunteered that. And I said, Kelly. And they said, well, yeah. Is Kelly Kilkenny in your family? Cause I was also getting something for another member of my family. So they volunteered that information and I was like, uh, that's interesting. I don't know Kelly Kilkenny, but, uh, it's good to know. So apparently they're in the area. And have yeah, a prescription at Costco. 
and just willing to just pass it over? Yeah, that's... No, I think that they would have asked me for her birth date had it had that yeah. been for her. Yeah. So I already had to recite the birth date of the other person. So anyway, it was a little Kel- bit weird. Kelly Kilkenny, that's a good name. Yeah, it's it's Irish. Uh, so you went over the etymology of yours. Mine is... Uh, and Susan from Houston can correct me on this sort of stuff since she seems to be into it. But I believe Kilkenny is uh, K-I-L prefix often referred to uh, the Irish Catholic families in Ireland. So you ended up with... uh, Kilpatrick. Kilpatrick, Killarney, Kilkenny, you know, all of those. uh, Killians, all those different... It's like an Irish Catholic prefix, meaning that you were a member of the Catholic Church and a good Irish boy. And you're something to that effect. So, I don't know. Might be true. But uh, we eventually... Uh, became a whole town and county and there's a castle and everything so nice yeah and eventually i think the real no i need to go i think the real claim to fame is uh guinness and our international listeners probably already know this a lot of them especially australia and the uk but guinness has a lighter version of guinness which around the world is just known as kilkenny i think i might have seen that yeah yeah it's interesting so there you have it. Uh, you, what's your are next? You raking in the royalties from that? Oh yeah, I'm killing it, bro. <laughs> no, as you, as you just heard, Hoffman very common, but in Kilkenny not as common, but common enough that somebody in my own town has a prescription at the same place as me. So we can't we can't claim it all. So and I think yeah. uh, the true Kilkennys were run out of Ireland. They were rulers over the Kilkenny County. But were overthrown during the potato famine, so that was a rough time. Like it was, yeah, yeah. not enough potatoes, man. <laughs> What's your next clip? It's, Where are we headed to that, next? It's that monoculture. Yeah, not the best. Uh, the the only other clip is just the the ISO. I didn't mark it as an ISO, but it's an ISO. Go ahead and play it. There will be a reckoning. Oh, this is your new thing. This is how you go to sleep at night. You're like, I, all right. They're going to feed all these stupid bioweapons like in, into our country, and my friend is going to get pneumonia, and each of my kids are going to be sick for a month straight, and I don't know how I'm going to get through this, and inflation is robbing the money from my bank account, and I lay down at night, and the only thing I can think is, there will be a reckoning. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Let me go to bed, Jesus. Let me go to bed. Yep. There will be a reckoning. It may not be in our lifetime. But there will be a reckoning. And that's the the fire and brimstone parts of the Bible just make more and more sense every day. So uh F- Forrest Moridi. Don't get we've, don't get too bitter on me, Andrew. We've we've talked about uh his stuff on polio. He did the Moth and the Iron Lung book and some other books that I haven't read. Uh but he had a tweet, which is, I believe, a, this is a you know progression of his previous thoughts, like as of those, as of that book. But he says vaccines are poison. It's not just the mRNA shots; it's all of them. Amen to that. So there's, there's my Forrest Moridi words of wisdom for the day. There you go. All right. Well, I have. 
one more clip, and it was the one I kind of teased earlier because I said it was about fascism, and then I re- remembered that the other one was about Elon Musk. So, uh, you know what? Go ahead. I want to play that, but I want to mention this because someone sent this to us, and I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, in our conversation, I, th- I believe you said Elon had to be the brain chip guy because no one wants a no one wants a brain chip from Bill Gates. Yes. <laughs> he sent us an article. Gates Bezos backs $75 million round for Synchron's drill-free brain-computer interface implant. After, uh, I don't have to read the whole thing. My point but, still uh, stands, though. He's not going to no, be the front man. You're 100% right. Yeah. But it's like, it's not because it's only Elon into the brain chips. It's just like, yeah, uh, yeah, you'd be a better front man than Bill Gates. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. It's it's because they love you, though. It's not because, you know. Clean water, Bill? Clean water in Africa? Can we work on that? No, no, no. Vaccines. Pl- that, was all, that, was the other, that was the other key. Generating electricity? Hidden gem in the Hotez screed was the... Uh, other parts of the world? The poor <laughs> parts of the world now are starting to become anti-vax. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, like, just starting now? That's, they're just figuring that out in Africa? Did, oh, did, wasn't it like a year or two ago you and I were texting each other and there was video of like completely empty... COVID vaccine stations. I got a cough. Hold on. Uh, well, there were <laughs> completely there empty was... COVID vaccine stations. Yeah, oh yeah. That no one would go to in Africa, and eventually they actually like like a group of mob of people went over and tore apart the entire like vaccine stand and like sent yeah. the the doctors running. Like, yeah, they they figured out the there's not enough propaganda to get. The Africans that have seen the Gates Foundation vaccines before to take another round of them. The, there just yeah. isn't. The propaganda is not strong enough. We don't. They, they didn't try hard enough. For a while, they they're like, "Hey, TV, we're here." To... They don't have enough so- social media. Exactly. Exactly. You know, hey, we're it's... here to help. Everyone gets sick. Hey, we're here yeah. to help. Everyone gets sick. Hey, we're here to help. Everyone gets sick. And you don't even have like a box in your in your room that you can like be fed information to and stare dumbly at. And then you just look around and you're like, I don't think they're here to help. Well, the Bill Gates says it's just our imagination that that women can't have kids after taking his tetanus vaccine. So, yeah, let's go get a COVID shot. Let's go do it. They say, so. we, they say that we need it. Yeah. So, <laughs> Gates and Bezos, I, I, cartoon level villains, man. They are. But part of me wonders if I still lived in their neighborhood, if I would be as sick as I am. <laughs> they keep the chemtrails away from the Puget Sound. I think I think we've come to that conclusion. Because there was always a lot more chemtrails down in the gorge than there was up in your neck of the woods. So. I don't know, man. Uh, so this is uh, my friend Jimmy, of course, Jimmy Dore. And... He had some interesting people on this week. He actually got the head of the uh, railroad workers on to talk about the strike and how Joe Biden and the Democrat Party pretended to help everybody while uh, giving them uh, actually set. They increased it from three to seven days of sick pay. No, they wanted seven (laughs) days. They only gave them three days of sick pay. 
But get this, and this isn't even this clip. This is just one of the things he, he did this week. You can have three days, three sick days, but they have to be, and this is per six-month period, they have to be unpaid sick days, and you have to give 30 days notice. How do you give? It's in contract. It was in the contract. It was written like that. (laughs) So that is what the Democrat Party shoved through and what came out the other side. So when Biden gets on there and say, hey, we saved this, this is what they're forcing down the throats of the people who drive the trains. Unbelievable. He also... Can they take PTO when they're sick? They got to have decent PTO. I don't know, man. Well, a lot of it, I think they're decimated from, and decimated, I use that word advisedly, uh, from the COVID scam with the uh, vaccine mandates vaccine and all that. I think they're running yeah. on skeleton type crews. So that's why everybody's working so much. Cause you keep the trains around the same amount. Just do it with half the people, make them work twice as much. No big deal. Anyway, yeah, what, uh, what could go wrong? He also had the former head of Levi's. She was almost the CEO, but she was the product manager. She, uh, apparently was taking Levi's in a really good direction. Stocks were up. She was like tagged to be the next CEO. Everything's she was an anti-lockdowner. Yes, everything's on track to be awesome. Her career is on the up and up, and uh, lockdowns happen. Everybody battens down the hatches. She's in San Francisco and starts to see the lockdowns and so, like looking around, like, "Oh, this is bad." You know, I got three kids. Like, this is bad for my kids. I don't think I like this. And then she starts saying that on social media, and so they start telling her at Levi's, "Like, well." You know, that's not really our stance. And one thing that I thought was interesting about all that is all of the other heads of the Levi's company, their kids started up school in September of 2020. <laughs> of course. Because they all went nice to private schools. Private school. Yeah. She was the only head of the company who didn't send her kids to private school. She sent them to public school. So every time that these other heads of the company told her, and mainly the CEO, told her, you have to stop talking about this. You're going to drag the brand through the mud. You just can't talk about this. I agree with you, but you just can't talk about this. Uh, their kids were in school. But you yeah. can't talk about your kids not being in school, which seems fair, right? So eventually, <laughs> eventually, uh, there was, I guess, a vociferous, very uh, angry, small clique of people who complained uh constantly about her still being at the company until she was eventually forced out but when she was forced out they said on the way out the door hey we're sorry about all this just need you to sign this non-disclosure agreement that you don't ever talk about it and uh we'll give you a million dollars severance and you have a nice day and she said no i'm not signing it i resign immediately and she talks about it all the time so I like this lady. She's on with Jimmy Dore. And uh, after she told her story, him and he and her got to riffing. And I thought had an interesting uh, clip here. And so, yeah, we I had that happen to me, too. I was advocating for schools to open. And while the Chicago Schools uh, Union was not. And um, so then I was then on social media, uh, the big pharma trolls came at me. And I was called anti-union 
because oh, I, was, I got that one too. Because I was advocating for children to go back to school, which was the science, and they they didn't know the science. Just like nobody knows what the real science is on masks, nobody knows what any of the science is on lockdowns. Nobody knows what's actually happening with the thing, and so uh, <laughs> and I'm not allowed to say what's actually happening with the thing unless I go on Rumble. So um, so. Keep, so now, so what? What happened after that? So you write the Barry Weiss uh, uh, on her Substack. Uh, anything? Is there any? Is there more to this story? I mean, there's not a ton. I would say, you know, there was a lot of press right after the piece went kind of viral that week, and I would say the press was fairly. It was fair, you know. I wasn't painted as some demon. Um, they had nothing to say. They were stunned that I would do such a thing. They couldn't imagine a world in which somebody would pass up money. You know, that's beyond their kind of ability to even fathom. So, you know, I'd broken some sort of code, like mm. we stay quiet on this stuff and we take the money and we walk away. And that's not what I wanted to do because I wanted to continue to advocate. And the thing beyond the kids that I had been pushing for and fighting for for two years was to be able to express an opinion and have a conversation. Because the fact is, if we had had a societal wide debate about this, that was honest, that didn't silence doctors who had opposing opinions, the, the schools would have opened sooner. That's not what happened. And so I felt it was too important, the illiberalism and silencing and censorship. Um, I wasn't going to take money. That felt too hypocritical just to stay silent. So I didn't do that. Um, that's what happened. And now on a daily basis, I, I get from people, I don't understand it. Schools opening, that's not even controversial. Well, I'll tell you, try to remember back through what a difference three years makes. People people have amnesia around COVID like nothing else. Like right now, people are running around going, they never said it stopped transmission. They never said it. I mean. They're running around saying that. Like, I mean, with a straight face. So it just shows and you. And it's the, in writing. It's, it's, it's everywhere. Like, I have the videotape <laughs> of them saying it. I have Fauci saying it. I have the head of the CDC saying it. I have them all saying it. I have Rachel Maddow saying it for five minutes straight. Anyway. So, how do they get away with it? So Leanna, you know, Lena Wen, right? So she was a doctor who was popular. She writes op-eds in the Washington Post and she was uh, on CNN all the time as their go-to COVID person. And she was very much for the lockdown. She was very much for masking. And then she realized that her kid was having uh, verbal developmental problems because of all the masking. And so she then started to like, oh, so it woke her up. And she started to think for herself. And then she wrote this in the Washington Post. She wrote, as for most Americans, COVID in our family will almost certainly be mild. And like most Americans, we've made the decision that following precautions strict enough to prevent the highly contagious BA5 will be very challenging. Masking has harmed our son's language development and limiting both kids extracurriculars and social interactions would negatively affect their childhood and hinder my and my husband's ability to work. So she's turned around. She sounds like you now. Uh, and she was one of the most ardent uh, lockdowners and maskers and all that stuff. She was she was a good cult member. And so she broke from the cult. And as soon as she wrote that, they all attacked her. They all went after her, and now she's a heretic. The same now person, everybody hates her. <laughs> yeah, now everybody hates her, right? Yeah. Well, you know, not to give her too much credit, because she vociferously advocated that the unvaccinated should not have basic civil rights, like being able to leave their homes, if you recall. I do recall. So, um, you know, she was a fervent uh, cult member. I'm glad she's seen the light, but 
because of that, both sides hate her because the people who were anti-lockdown and anti-mandate from the beginning think she's terrible. And now the pro-lockdown, pro-closure, pro-maskers hate her because she's kind of walking it back a little bit. So she's got no home. And so mm-hmm. what what is this what, what does this make you think now? You used to, again, your whole life you advocated, you're a lefty, you voted for Elizabeth Warren, you were you believed in free speech, you believed and then well, now everything's kind of turned on its head right now. The Democratic Party is against free speech and they're for big farm. And so what has this done to you and your idea about politics? Well, I don't trust anyone. I don't I think it's all a lie. They never believed any of the things they said. I feel maybe I was duped. Maybe I didn't see it. Maybe they changed. I don't know. It doesn't matter what happened in the past, but I'm certainly not um, a Democrat anymore, but I'm not running to the other side either. Um, but I am disgusted, uh, with the Democrats more so at the moment because I had, I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, I don't actually think I've changed. You know, I always cared about free speech. I cared about public education. I cared about opportunity for kids who were vulnerable. I cared. I, I still care about that. I didn't change. You just revealed yourselves to be hypocrites and liars. That's it. Everyone thinks, oh, you were red pilled. You were this. No, I'm exactly the same. Yes. Well, I will. Uh, I've that's exactly what I've said is like, no, I've stayed the same. I'm anti-establishment. I've said the same thing. I've been critical of the Democrats corporatization. I didn't change. But because of Trump, I wasn't supposed to criticize the Democratic Party anymore. And that if I did, that meant I was enabling fascists. I don't know if you saw Joe Biden and the Democrats, which control all of federal government right now, just uh, ended the railroad workers' ability to organize and strike. So when a government comes together with a corporation to screw the workers, that is fascism. So this idea that voting for Do- Joe Biden and the Democrats was somehow fighting fascism, you're a chump if you think that. Democracy well, was not on the ballot. Your democracy was stolen decades ago by corporate America. Go ahead. No, I mean, you know, as we've seen, the social media censorship, like Elon hate, it doesn't matter. Social media, private companies worked hand in hand with the government to censor, deplatform, blacklist, I don't care what you call it, to censor everyday Americans who challenged all of these insane, harmful mandates. If you wanted to do an anti-lockdown or anti-mandate protest in 2020, and you posted a notification for that protest, it was removed by every social media platform. So that's fascism. That is social me- private social media companies carrying water for the Democratic Party. That's they, They're working in lockstep, whether they were doing so under direct guidance or direct insistence from the government or just doing it as uh, as lackeys. I don't know what another word is. It's the same thing. They're so integrated. And by the way, the press didn't hold anyone accountable. They did the same thing. The press did not operate as the fourth estate or whatever estate it's supposed to be. They published government-issued talking points as if they were news. They didn't interrogate the data. How... I am a normal, regular person with basic math skills, and I could interpret the data and understand it. Why couldn't the science reporters from the New York Times? Uh, well, that's not their job. So <laughs> it goes back to <laughs> the idea that 
what do you mean he didn't take the money to, <laughs> to be yeah was, i thought that was a great i thought that was great that yeah. plus jimmy actually unpacking what fascism is and it's not anything to do with donald trump the true definition of fascism is what we're experiencing now but yeah didn't take the money wait what you didn't huh you can't you didn't take, you gotta take what the take the money mean he didn't take the money yes you didn't take the million dollars no you didn't take the million dollars i want to talk about this she's got my so respect if someone said okay tim here's a million dollars but there will be no rrn 303 what do you do I don't know, man. I probably, I'm probably not. I'm not, probably not taking the deal, man. Probably not taking the deal. Not taking the money. I don't know. It'd, it'd be be good for my family in a lot of ways, but I feel like, like I feel come like come on, it's only like six months of donations. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, the true. This is a perfect way to segue into donations, and then we should just talk about good things and Christmas and wrap up because I want to wrap up soon because I have packing and all all kinds of stuff to do. Um, the reason I do this show is because while well, I have pneumonia or you know when your kids are sick or all the different adversities, uh, it's because I think there is something more important than my daily conveniences of life and what what's happening in my world. I think there really is a uh, spiritual realm. I think we see through a mirror darkly and we don't really know everything that's going on and, and things like this, this, you know, miraculous thing. I'm sitting here standing in this room full of clothes and whatnot to be shipped out and talking to you via this microphone and thousands of people are hearing it and that's crazy and i think that they get something out of it is even is even cooler and you know i believe in god and a lot of them believe in god and he's in control and he will bring the reckoning as you played earlier and just trying to uh maintain that stance loudly proudly for everyone to see that they are not alone that i also see it that you also see it seems more important than money to me and if they would have said the same thing they would have said you know when it's not quitting the show when it's hey take this injection for a million dollars i you know i say no give this to your kids for you know a hundred million dollars no it's just i i i think i i think and that when she was talking and when i was listening to her it really separated out for me like there were a bunch of people like us right there were a bunch of people like us not as many as i would have liked but who were immediately separated from the rest like like a very immediate separation and the lines were drawn and everybody was everybody was shocked yeah, they, sh- they shook the fence. Everybody was shocked who was on which side. But there were people, people like her. I mean, that I get goosebumps thinking about her. A million, I'm not stopped talking about this. It's wrong. A million dollars. I don't care. I don't want the money. I'm not going to stop talking about it. It's the same as, it's not the same, but it's the same as people quitting their job. It's the same as people, we had a, we had a pilot, one of the pilot for 25 years in Canada. They said, you got to go home. He said, I'll go home. Okay. I guess. I guess I won't work anymore. I guess I won't be one of the best pilots in Canada, the most dependable pilots around. I guess I'll just go home. 
sit for six to eight months until they're like, well, you can come back temporarily. Maybe there's a vaccine mandate. We have people who have done this their whole lives and said, no, no, right. there's it's more important. Whole, there's whole life careers where it's, yeah, you know, that's what you do. And, but I knew people who worked at a dealership for like three months. A year, and they were just like, "I gotta get it, man! I gotta get it." It's like, hey, there's there's never another sales job you could get. It's like it's like, hey, they didn't, they did. It's like, we well, gotta get it eventually. No, no, you don't. Where did they tell? You? I had, I had this conversation, but where did they tell? Where did you, were you in a meeting where they told you they had? Because it never came down, right? right? It was just always implied that it could come down. But it actually never came down at the dealership I worked at. It never was like, you have to get vaccinated or you're going to have to do this. That never happened. But just the, like the, the threat of it. Yeah, you're, you're getting on a plane tomorrow. Remember that? It was like, oh, oh yeah. you'll never be able to fly anywhere again. Never be, you'll never be able to fly again. That's it. Not going to be able to fly again. I flew no. last year. Flew the year before. I don't care. I'll do what I want until you tell me I can't. And then I'll do what I want anyway. I don't know. I don't know what, it's, what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is there's something more important than money. I, and I think that's very noble, Tim. But do you know what I would say? If, if someone said, Andrew, here's a million dollars, but there will be no Revelations Radio News 303. What? I would say I will take the money. And welcome to Not Revelations Radio News, episode <laughs> one. And then, it, then uh, we can get rid of the S in uh, Revelations. Yeah, we can finally change this name of this <laughs> podcast named after a now defunct uh, Christian conspiracy network. I mean, yeah. when Taibi was going on and on about the horrible different genres and sects of Christ, of uh, conspiracy, he, he has no idea, man. He, just, he doesn't like, even know how how you don't, you don't know what else is out there. Yeah, you don't even know how obscure it Do gets. Do you even know about Nephilim, bro? Right? Do you even Nephilim? Do you even in the days of Noah? <laughs> Do you even <laughs> magic mushrooms, man? Wait, what? Uh, I don't know, man. There's, there's got to be something more important than than money and all this is, baloney. Yeah, and then if the, if the current stock market, crypto, everything like that, if you have billions of dollars, you could lose billions of dollars. It's not, you know, there's the illusion of security through money is. It's, a, it's an illusion. You ever listen to... This is kind of a, a, a weird one. I might even throw this at the end of... Uh, I might even throw it at the end of the show. It would be a positive note to go out on. But you ever listen to like a the Denzel Washington motivational speech he gave at a graduation? I think it was in Pennsylvania. I feel like I may have heard it. It's so good. But I'm not I didn't, remembering specifics, so I'm not sure. I didn't know... Until, you know, within the last year or so, that Denzel Washington is a very strong, devout Christian. I had no idea. And then, but I always liked him. And then I heard him actually speak. And man, the dude is, he's so full of like wisdom, God's wisdom, that it just, I don't know, it's very, very motivational. But in that, he talks about uh, just different things. And one of them is... uh, Oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought. What were you just talking about? What was the last thing you said? You were talking about Denzel and his graduation speech. No, before that. 
Before I brought up Denzel, what were you talking about? The security through money is an is an illusion. Ah, yes. In that in that speech, in the middle of that speech, he says, uh, "You'll never see a U-Haul driving behind a hearse, so <laughs> you can't take it with you." Yeah. So true. what matters is what you do in this life. That's all you get to take with you. And anyway, it's just a, such an incredible speech, and I and now I know that it's because he is a Christian and has been bestowed the wisdom of God that his speeches are so powerful. Because, you know, people all over YouTube are like, oh, it's so powerful. It's like, even my son, he's five years old, six years old, when he heard it, he was like, can we listen to that again? Like, it just contains, like, true wisdom. And he's awesome, man. He, he said, uh, I didn't come from my parents. I came through my parents. I came from God. When you go to bed tonight, put your put your shoes underneath your bed. In the morning when you wake up, you got to bend over to get them. While you're down there, thank God for another day, for grace. Anyway, yeah, it's powerful stuff. Well, and valuing human life makes perfect sense if God created us. Amen. And makes zero sense if we are a random cosmic accident. The result of you know chemical reactions on a rock hurtling through endless accidental space. Amen to that, man. Yeah. Amen to that. There's a reason for all this, and it's it's why eugenics is bogus too. There's no higher races and lower races, and it's just people. Every I think person's made in the image of God, but. I think that's where you have to get in order to do the ritual abuse and all that stuff. So, like they're just an- yeah. they're just animals. feeling you can't open up the spreadsheet no i've got the spreadsheet open i just can't open anything else was, okay so got the spreadsheet open good deal it still says error at least it did let me see if it still does something went wrong okay ah. i've heard that before uh, first on the list danny from medford oregon 25 dollars. thank you very much danny we have an anonymous donation through Give, Send, Go, Parts Unknown, $35. If you donated $35 through Give, Send, Go, thank you very much. Another Give, Send, Go anonymous donation of $100. Thank you very much. And Luke, a P.O. Box donation, a recurring P.O. Box donation, sent us $5 from... You know, it's like some people have two first names. This is Nevada, Iowa, so you know, two two state names in one. Uh, thank you very much, Luke. Thank you and, very uh, much, everybody, all four of you. We appreciate you. It is uh, always good to get feedback. Of course, we're a listener-supported podcast, and that is how we survive. We had some big shows previously after taking full week off. Uh, and it uh, looks like we got some uh, pending books. So all the P.O. Box donations. Oh, those are um, those have been mailed. Those all right. should be marked yes. Okay, so the, cool. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Looks Even like- though I was, I was harassed at the post office. For what? Are you sure that these are only books? There's no... There's nothing written in them or anything, and there there might be a little something, you know, like, hey, thanks for supporting. What? Who in the world? Are you kidding me? Like, because we can open them up and see what's in there and make sure there's, like, uh, make my make my day, buddy. Yeah. By the way, like, whenever I, I can to ship, s- I can ship over the, here. Save by the way, the dollar on <laughs> from this exact <laughs> computer, I can say ship from here. What? A, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You get the media mail discount. People don't read books anymore, and they certainly don't send books out during Christmas. Are you hiding <laughs> a Christmas card in here? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's sad. I like the post office. I don't know why they're harassing you. That makes me. That makes me sad. Um, I've the, I complain about it, but I've had mostly good post office experiences. I've had a few bad ones. But. They know me pretty well there. I ship like ten packages a day. So yeah. Um, anyway, so that does it for the, uh, donations. We appreciate you guys. Of course, appreciate Danny coming in strong always. Um, here's what's coming up next for revelations radio news. I plan to do a show next week from the seaside town of Edmonds, Washington, the actual seaside town. I won't have forgotten that I'm not there. I actually (laughs) will be there and do the show from the seaside town of Edmonds, Washington. That's my, that's my plan. Okay. We'll see if it happens. If next week the show doesn't get out, I'm thoroughly enjoying my Christmas break. But uh, if we well, get one out, I Merry think it, Christmas to everyone out there. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Thank you for sticking with us for this long. And do you have any? Do you have any like positive stories? Anything you want to talk about that's like good? That's not a de- depressing so news story. I, I, have I, a, I have two things. I was underprepared. We we weren't sure. I was pretty sure that you were not going to want to do a show today. And so I slacked off in the prep, but our friend will send us a video of the full, uh, MP's speech calling for the suspension of COVID vaccines in British parliament. So I, I just added that to the folder. So if we could make sure that it gets in the show notes, because people have probably seen like two minutes of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the full twenty-minute thing is is worth watching. So okay, that's that's definitely good news. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you know, all the right people. I I we talked about it a little bit last week, but just remember, all the all the right people hate Christmas. There, it is the day that people are more open to Christianity than any other day. And, you know, have a Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Two positive things I could talk about. One, I know that you kind of given up on the raw milk quest because of how far they are away from you. Have you tried kefir? Oh, uh, maybe once a long time ago. Yeah. I, I, I've I recently tried it and I am a fan. So it's okay. like a cultured milk. I got this this one's like strawberry flavored, so it has strawberry flavor, a little bit of cane sugar, but it is cultured milk with all kinds of probiotics and you know, ten grams of protein, uh three point eight micrograms of vitamin D, thirty 
thirty percent, three hundred ninety milligrams of calcium. I mean, it's it's good, and my little two year old daughter loves it too. She, she goes strawberry. Okay. Well, stra- that's ex- strawberry milk. Strawberry milk. Because <laughs> the the main reason for the for wanting the raw milk is for my youngest girl who that's all she drinks is milk still so it's yeah it's like a cross between milk and yogurt so it has a little bit of a tang but hey it might be worth a shot my like i said my daughter she's only two she loves it so every time i get it out like to get for myself her eyes get big and she runs over and so i get okay. her a little little cup but yeah, strawberry we'll give, milk. we'll give it a shot yeah i got the sure. life this is lifeway so uh i I really like that stuff. And another thing I wanted to talk about that was uh, positive was, well, I'll start off with something not positive. We were watching, I think, I think it was, I don't know, it was through an app on the TV, but we were trying to watch a show. It was like a Bible story show, but they use Legos. to So like the Bible is being read in the background, but then on screen is like Lego characters acting it out. And I'm like, oh, this would be okay. perfect. My son could watch this. I don't have to worry about it. It's all pretty straightforward. It's not. It's a you know viewing that's just a guy reading the Bible with the the Lego characters acting it out. But it was like on some weird channel. I think oh, if I thought long enough and hard enough about it, I could remember the name of the <laughs> channel. But I, I can't remember. Uh, not important. But uh, we get halfway through it or partway through it, and commercials come on. And we're like, oh, so it's on this free app, but then I have to watch ads. Every ad break was for the AIDS drug. Ah, <laughs> uh, so in the commercial, was this on YouTube? N- it wasn't YouTube. Like I said, okay, it was we some. Can't blame YouTube. For it us. was some other app. It was like a. Gosh, I can't remember that. It's no. It's a. No, I've, free, I've freebie. seen that. Freebie. Freebie. Free. F R E E V E E. Yeah. So every ad break through is Amazon. That, is it Amazon? Yeah. Well, there's freebie stuff on Amazon. But. There must have been what it was. So, uh, yeah. So, one of the ads comes up, and my wife turns, and her eyes get enormous. And I look at the screen, and it's these two men. And then eventually they start kissing on the screen. And my son's just hanging out, watching TV. Trying to watch happening. a Bible story. With trying to watch a Bible story. So sick, man. It's yeah, this led to but something good. I'm meanwhile, not talking. These corporations are, you know, worried about stuff that isn't brand safe because someone questioned the COVID vaccine on YouTube, and their their company might be, their ad might be shown next to that. But oh, we can advertise a a big pharma AIDS drug with with homosexual lifestyles to, to chil- kids. children's content. Yeah, I said it was a good thing though, so I apologize for for imposing that on everybody. My wife turns to me, and she was, I mean, you think I was mad. Oof. She was extremely mad. And she, she said, she like, like she got really mad. And I don't care if she listens to this, she was madder than me. So, uh, she was like looking for answers and just really frustrated. I said, hey, wasn't there something on your Facebook that was like advertised that you said was good? Because what happened was last year, uh, my credit card got stolen, and then we had subscribed to Disney Plus, and so Disney Plus came up for renewal, and it didn't 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 go through because my credit card had been stolen. It was a new card number, and they were like, "You need to update your info." I was like, 
No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I'm not gonna update my info. No, I think I think I'm good. I think you know you kind of showed who you were in this last 365 days enough that I don't think I need that in my house. So no, I'm not gonna renew that. So anyway, my wife has been getting all these advertisements for this this uh, this uh, streaming service. So anybody out there with kids, please listen up. The streaming service is called Yippee, Y I P P E E, and uh, it is awesome. So she got an advertisement through Facebook, I think it was. So good things can come from ads on Facebook, I guess. Uh, <laughs> they but, do a much better job of targeting ads than whoever's putting the HIV drug. Right? Down. Like if yeah. your wife and my wife like this, then you know it, they're they are good at advertising. I'll, I'll give them that. Yep. So uh, yeah, better than HIV drugs to Lego kids. So um, this 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 is uh, made by the people who made VeggieTales. So it's a Christian run streaming service. And we went to log on. It's like a hundred bucks a year or something. But if you pay it all at once, it was like half of that. So I think we paid forty eight bucks for twelve months of content. They put new shows on it every single day. There's shows with actual kids doing adventures. There's uh, animated shows. No advertising? No advertisements at all. That's no, the way to go. There's a show. Have you ever seen Blippy? I'm sure you've seen Blippy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a much cooler version of Blippy. This guy named Danny Go. But he does all the Blippy stuff without being quite as annoying or creepy. And it occasionally <laughs> even talks about Jesus and God and explains what parts of the Bible mean. It's awesome. I just recommend it to anybody out there. It blows my mind when I walk in the room and there's a PE like like he calls himself the PE guy and so he gets on the screen and he's like throwing asteroids or jumping over lizards or doing all this stuff. I walk in the room and for some reason my son is standing up pretending to throw the asteroid and doing the jump because they encourage kids to get up and do the stuff. I mean, it's awesome. All of it is awesome. There's a sounds like space propaganda to me. Oh God! <laughs> Need to find something ridiculous to say about it. So he's thro- <laughs> he's throwing a basketball. I don't even know if it was an asteroid. It could have been a rock. Could have been it probably been a was rock. an asteroid. There's always space stuff in kids programming, but yeah, it's not the point, Andrew. <laughs> it's not the point. How often? How often? How long are we gonna have to do this? It's completely off topic. Let me sit in my my my. Let me. Wedge this in here. You're talking about good Christian space. There's space in there. Uh, anyway, I love it. There's a verse of the day. There's all kinds of cool stuff. And like I said, sometimes it even uh, keeps my daughter and son occupied. It is uh, really cool. Couldn't, and I don't get paid obviously anything to to promote it. But the the greatest feature of all of it, and I don't like to do this often because you know the TV isn't a babysitter. But occasionally you need those couple of minutes to do something, and I refuse to give them a tablet or a video game. I, if I do leave the room, I don't have to like run back into the room periodically to make sure there's no gay men kissing on TV. Yeah, yeah that that commercial is really bad. And I saw a commercial today. I don't know. Okay, so it was a pretty sure it was a Volkswagen commercial. Okay. Uh, two two men, of course, 
you know, because uh, why would it be a man and a woman anymore? Out in the countryside in their Volkswagen, and guess what? Guess what they end up with riding back with them? You gonna guess? You still there, Tim? <clears throat> Sorry, I was muted. Okay. So they're out in the countryside in a van? Uh, no, just their Volkswagen SUV. Okay, and and they're riding back with. They have just a man and a woman together. No, not a man and a woman. Two men. Two men. It's oh. for the Volks, Volkswagen Tiguan. Okay. Okay. A dog. They get a dog and they go, go back from the country. A sheep. Into their Volkswagen? Two, two dudes with the sheep in the back of their Volkswagen bring it home and then there's a montage of like them bathing the sheep. Them taking the sheep for a walk. The sheep, you know, just living with them. Do you understand the idea of like, let's end on some positive notes and talk about Christmas? Like, do you, when I say those words, it's just like, oh, this is just Tim talk. Let me think about how the earth is flat and space is dumb. I don't actually hear the words you're saying. Because it doesn't feel like if you're going to talk about two gay dudes and a sheep that you understand positive message to end the Merry Christmas show. Well, I believe the HIV commercial came from you so i but i ended it with an awesome kids channel awesome kids channel with asteroids <laughs> only you care about the asteroids andrew but uh can can we agree that uh can we not normalize bestiality is that just a, is that too high of a standard to based off of you pull based society? with all due respect based off of you pulling asteroids out of my yippee story, I don't know that I trust your emphasis to be on the right syllable. So I'd have to see this video to, but to see if Volkswagen is truly promoting pedophiles. Or excuse me, uh, bestiality. Okay. But yeah, if they are, that's, that's terrible. I mean, it, you know, there's just... It, it could be a totally innocent uh, two gay guys and a sheep. Just totally... Wholesome, but uh, is, is it possible your take is off? Like, is it at all possible? <laughs> uh, you know, because it's a totally normal situation to to bring home a sheep into the city to live in your household. Yeah. So, so did I guess? Uh, don't buy a Volkswagen. Yeah, Volkswagens aren't that bad. <laughs> we had a Volkswagen at one point. It did not did not do very well. Yeah. Well, a lot of I, a lot of I how well the, the car is going to last. We're never you. buying a Volkswagen again. We're <laughs> a lot of the wisdom on how long a car is going to last you is how old it is and how expensive it is. If it's really old and not inexpensive, it's a problem. Doesn't matter what the brand is. Yeah. Designed obsolescence. Well, you're buying somebody else's problems. There's a reason yeah. somebody else was like, all right, I'm done with this. 
That's the used car. That's what it is. You're buying somebody else's problems. You just have to figure out which one's the right version of their problems. (laughs) Well, if anyone... If anyone knows, you know, or anyone has a great used car in the Oklahoma City metro area that they want to to sell to Andrew from Revelations Radio News, let me know. You look in the market for a car, buddy? Yeah, we you know, the latest uh wife and child getting stranded outside the urgent care incident. It's not ideal. Not ideal not to be able to go get them at that point. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would say anything Honda. So, but you, you currently have one. <laughs> but it was so. a Honda. It was a Honda. That... The only thing more reliable than a Honda is a Toyota. So, well, and the, I wish it was as reliable as the, the used, Honda lawnmower that I got. That thing's been great. But... Yeah. I don't. I don't blame. I don't blame your recommendation. And it was also. Uh, one of two minivans in Yakima, Washington, when we were looking. So, yeah, that was the peak uh, used car shortage there. Yeah, it was it was a wild and crazy time. <laughs> All right, I got the uh, verse of the day, which we forgot to do last week. Come on, I got I got critical messages about my Enoch verses, which I I thought I pointed out they weren't Bible verses, but Yeah. Yep. You're gonna get those about the book of Enoch. I haven't got any for my if you only read the KJV in red cover ways, but I don't think any of our listeners are that immature The birth of Jesus Christ, Matthew 1.18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Oh, and I'm going to read the ESV. So if you only listen to the KJV, you can plug your ears. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as Being he a con- just man. Uh, what did I say? Being just a man. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's awesome. And yeah, and that's actually, I, the more I learn about that, the more interesting it is that it would have been like super easy for him to just be like, eh, something's wrong. She's, she's not a virgin. And it would like, would have ruined his life, her life, everybody's life. Uh, her husband, Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to. You div- said it again. Oh, I, I said it incorrectly twice. That's good. And her husband, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived. In her is from the Holy Spirit. 
She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And I know that it probably wasn't in December, September, but the point is God did send a Savior, and this is the most Christian many of the people in your life will be. So take time, enjoy your family, love other people, try to remember that uh, Jesus was born one day and what that actually does mean. And uh, yeah, meantime... Andrew and I will continue to get better and uh, hopefully not be sick and fight forward and do another show before the end of the year. And uh, we're going to take on 2023. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep keep doing Revelations Radio News. Uh, big, exciting things coming for Revelations Radio News. I don't know what they are, but big, exciting things are coming. Revelations Radio News or not Revelations Radio News. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna like, if is it just for you? You get the million, or I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it's big. I'd, exciting, I'd split it with you. I appreciate that. I think there's big exciting news coming for Revelation Radio News. I think there's big exciting news coming from Andrew, and big exciting news coming from me. All in 2023. That's my prediction. I think it's going to be an awesome year. I don't know if it's going to be an awesome year for the economy or the world at large, but I think it'll be good for the show, for me, and for you. And our families. I predict that. And I believe in that. And I think we're headed in the right direction, man. And I'm glad to be on this journey with you. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas to you, Tim. And Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Thanks for listening, guys. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say Number one, put God first. Put God first in everything you do. Everything that you think you see in me, everything that I've accomplished, everything that you think I have, and I have a few things. Everything that I have is by the grace of God. Understand that. It's a gift. 40 years ago, March 27th, 1975, it was 40 years ago, uh, just this past March, 
I was flunking out of college. I had a 1.7 grade point average. I hope none of you can relate. <laughs> I had a 1.7 grade point average. I was sitting in my mother's beauty shop. They still call it beauty shop now? What do they call it now? Yeah, I was sitting in the beauty parlor. I was sitting in my mother's beauty parlor and I'm looking in the mirror and I see behind me this woman under the dryer. And every time she looked up, she, every time I looked up, she was looking at me, just looking me in the eye. And I didn't know who she was and I said, you know, she said, somebody give me a pen, give me a pencil. I have a prophecy. March 27, 1975, she said, boy, you are gonna travel the world and speak to millions of people. Now mind you, I flunked out of college. I'm thinking about joining the army. I didn't know what I was gonna do and she's telling me I'm gonna travel the world and speak to millions of people. Well, I have traveled the world and I have spoke to millions of people. But that's not the most important thing, the success that I had. The most important thing is that what she taught me and what she told me that day has stayed with me since. I've been protected. I've been directed. I've been corrected. I've kept God in my life and has kept me humble. I didn't always stick with him, but he always stuck with me. So stick with him in everything you do. If you think you want to do what you think I've done, then do what I've done and stick with God. Number two, fail big. That's right, fail big. Today's the beginning of the rest of your life and it can be, it can be very frightening. It's a new world out there, it's a mean world out there and you only live once. So do what you feel passionate about, passionate about. Take chances professionally. Don't be afraid to fail. There's an old IQ test was nine dots and you had to draw five lines with a pencil within these nine dots without lifting the pencil. The only way to do it was to go outside the box. So don't be afraid to go outside the box. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. Don't be afraid to fail big, to dream big, but remember, Dreams without goals are just dreams and they ultimately fuel disappointment. So have dreams, but have goals, life goals, yearly goals, monthly goals, daily goals. I try to give myself a goal every day. Sometimes just to not curse somebody out. <laughs> Simple goals, but have goals. And understand that to achieve these goals, you must apply discipline and consistency. In order to achieve your goals, you must apply discipline, which you have already done, and consistency every day, not just on Tuesday and miss a few days. You have to work at it every day. You have to plan every day. You've heard the saying, we don't plan to fail, we fail to plan. Hard work works. Working really hard is what successful people do. And in this text, tweet, twerk world that you've grown up in, <laughs> remember, just because you're doing a lot more 
doesn't mean you're getting a lot more done. Remember that, just because you're doing a lot more doesn't mean you're getting a lot more done. Don't confuse movement with progress. My mother told me, she said, yeah, because you can run in place all the time and never get anywhere. So continue to strive, continue to have goals, continue to progress. Number three, you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. I'll say it again. You'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. I don't care how much money you make, you can't take it with you. And it's not how much you have. It's what you do with what you have. We all have different talents. Some of you will be doctors, some lawyers, some scientists, some educators, some nurses, some teachers. Yeah, okay. <laughs> some preachers. The most selfish thing you can do in this world is help someone else. Why is it selfish? Because the gratification, the goodness that comes to you, the good feeling, the good feeling that I get from helping others, nothing's better than that. Not jewelry, not big house I have, not the cars, but the, the, it's the joy. That's where the joy is in helping others. That's where the success is. Finally, I pray that you put your slippers way under the bed tonight so that when you wake up in the morning, you have to get on your knees to reach them. And while, you, when, while you're down there, say thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for parents. Thank you for love. Thank you for kindness. Thank you for humility. Thank you for peace. Thank you for prosperity. Say thank you in advance for what's already yours. That's how I live my life. That's where I, why I am, one of the reasons why I am today. Say thank you in advance for what is already yours. True desire in the heart for anything good is God's proof to you sent beforehand to indicate that it's yours already. I'll say it again. True desire in the heart, that itch that you have, whatever it is you want to do, that thing that you want to do to help others and to, to grow and to make money, that desire, that itch, that's God's proof to you sent beforehand already to indicate that it's yours. And anything you want good, you can have. So claim it. Work hard to get it. When you get it, reach back. Pull someone else up. Each one, teach one. Don't just aspire to make a living. Aspire to make a difference.